I am a better writer than I am a speaker. So you have to have the right kind of person um, who is capable of putting it out there. The problem is that in active investigations, there's very little information that they can release to the public. Welcome to Podcasting Smarter, the podcast for and by podcasters. We interview podcasters for the real scoop on podcasting. Whether you're thinking about starting a podcast or have been podcasting for years, you'll find lots of inspiration, valuable lessons, and tips in our interviews. This podcast is brought to you by Podbean. Please visit podbean.com, the home for podcasters. Hello there, podcasting friends, and welcome back to another episode of Podcasting Smarter. Today, I am joined by podcaster Rebecca Duke. Rebecca is the co-host of the True Crime and Mysteries podcast, which is on a mission to bring awareness and ultimately resolution to victims of violent crime. She and her co-host Michael give victims a voice through advocacy and investigative journalism through their podcast. Thank you for helping us podcast smarter today, Rebecca. It's nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's it's my pleasure. We chatted a bit before we came on to record officially, and I let you know that I've been enjoying your podcast. It's actually a, a genre of podcasts that, that I like. There are a few true crime podcasts that I listen to regularly. So I'm actually very honored to have you because I, I think we will have a great conversation. But before we get too far into that, I, I would love to know how and why you started the podcast. Well, I graduated with my master's degree about a year ago from Arizona State University, where I focused on juvenile crime and sex offender theory. And I've been struggling uh, to find a place in this small town where I live. And one day while I was at work, I had a great idea for a podcast. So I pitched it to my husband and we developed a format based on my idea. Um, I really wanted to look at the Tiffany Strayling disappearance a little closer. And the more we got into the issues, the more intense the investigation became. So we developed a side series dedicated solely to that investigation. And as a result, it has pretty much blown up. I am constantly getting emails and messages from people hoping that I might be able to help them. That's going to be really tough to try, you know, knowing that you, you want to help everybody, but you, you can't simply because it's not realistic. So how do you, or even do you have a method yet of, of choosing cases, giving certain cases priority? Do you have a, a formula or some kind of criteria that you look at? No, not in the sense of uh, choosing a case based on the case itself. It's more of how much it calls to me. Uh, some of it is um, just awareness, bringing it back into the light, uh, where there's not a whole lot that I can do. However, the, I am starting a new case. I actually just put it on the website this morning. And it will likely be our season two investigative series. And it is very graphic, very horrid. Um, and the victim needs a voice desperately. So I think that that's what calls me the most, you know, is how desperate the victim needs to be heard. Yeah, I'm, I'm fascinated by the format 
and purpose of your podcast because as I mentioned, I, I listen to several true crime podcasts and most of them do the awareness part. They they tell the story and they, they bring awareness in that way. But you actually do investigative journalism. You are actually trying to solve this case. Yes, ma'am. I, I Much of the true crime podcasts, and there are several excellent entertainers out there, but that's what it is, is entertainment. And a lot of listeners are looking for that. Um, but I am looking for more of a purpose. There are so many people who need help. And uh, I'm, the police department um, is way overwhelmed. They don't have the resources, uh, the funding and whatnot. And although I'm not getting paid for this uh, on a massive scale as of yet, you know, <laughs> um, this is my goal. This is my dream. I am a victim advocate. I have several avenues that I act as such, uh, as such as CASA and a couple of other organizations. So this is another branch of who I am, basically. Now, did you have any problem with getting, say, the police and like uh, traditional media to take your form of journalism seriously as a podcaster? Well, you know, I have to say right now, the county, there's two counties that are neighboring um, organizations that are having to work together because of the uh, multifaceted part of this case. And some are more accepting of me than others. Um, Others are just kind of confused as to who I am and what I'm doing and why I basically have stuck my nose in. But the thing is, is that I have had an obscene amount of people contact me with information that they are not willing to go to the police with. And I mean, even as of yesterday, I had an excellent conversation with somebody who is going to give me a positive connection in a very negative situation, if that makes sense. You know, they um, are going to basically hook me up and tell these people that I am looking to interview that I'm to be trusted and that I am not looking to um, portray them poorly uh, and that's hard for me to explain since, you know, I can't give names and, and the scenario, but uh, it might be easier for the listeners who have been listening to the investigative series to know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I think I've I've got I've certainly got an idea and I, I think you did did well sort of talking around it. So what I'm curious about is if, if you know the answer to this, why do you think they are trusting you more than the police. Is it because you're simply not the police and you're you're not a journalist, uh, you know, a paper, a newspaper uh, that's out for the best story, that you actually have a, a genuine interest in, in helping the case? Yes. Um, part of it is that people can come to me uh, anonymously in the sense that I'm the only one who knows who has said what to me. Mm. And again, being, yes, not being a police officer legally, um, 
I have a I have other ways to approach the situation, not the restrictions that the lot of law enforcement has. You know, they have issues such as probable cause, where that doesn't really apply to me because people are approaching me with information and I'm putting it together. So, you know, when you have 40 different people giving you pieces of information and you are able to discredit uh, information or verify through other parties, you know, that puts, you know, a credible foundation to the story. Whereas the police are not going to get that kind of uh, credible information. I see, yeah, I see. So I'm still very much in awe of what a podcast is actually capable of. And I don't know if you feel that, if you feel sort of this um, empowerment to make a difference in the world through this very easy to access platform. I mean, it must be very exciting and also humbling to be able to make that kind of difference in somebody's life. Well, you know what? I have um, a very small place where we record. I do a lot. I have an office in my home. Unfortunately, it's inaccessible to me right at the moment. So a lot of my research is done at my dining room table. And so because I spend so much time researching and talking to people online through email, messenger, text messages, phone calls, etc., I feel kind of restricted. I'm in a small space in my home. So uh, I'm kind of away from the world. It's not until I actually get out there and interview people face to face and uh, visit the sites that are associated with these crimes that I begin to wonder how far it reaches. Yeah. And, and so do you think there's a place for podcasts on a larger scale to be more proactive in solving crimes? Like, should we be considering this platform uh, a supplement to the police force? Like, is that, is that a possibility? I believe so, for sure. Uh, I am a better writer than I am a speaker. So you have to have the right kind of person um, who is capable of putting it out there. The problem is that in active investigations, there's very little information that they can release to the public. So you actually have to stop and think, what could they actually tell people other than what they actually release to the media, the newspapers and the uh, news stations? So again, from my point of view, when people are contacting me and giving me bits of information, it helps me to create that profile of not only the victim, but a person of interest. And I have that, um, I'm not sure what to call it, uh, that benefit, mm-hmm. you know, over the police department who can't tell the public information that the public is telling me. So have you learned any skills or do you have any tips on how to take all this research and information that you've gathered and then put it forth in a story to tell the story in a way that it needs to be told um, 
how, what are, what kind of storytelling skills have you picked up in the process? You know, I have to admit that I'm not a great storyteller. Um, like I was saying a few minutes ago, I'm an academic writer. You know, I uh, was the first to finish my paper in uh, graduate school. And academic writing is important to me. I, deliber- I have to deliberately write in passive voice and add cliches to a story so that it sounds like I'm human and not just a robot <laughs> telling the story. Mm. It makes it difficult for me. But I think that Mike um, compliments me in that way in the sense that he adds or keeps some of the sighing and pauses. And even when I start to get emotional, you know, that that helps people to understand that how close we are to this case and we're experiencing it firsthand. You know, I, I have to put out there that uh, the father of this case that I'm investigating, Tiffany Strayling, he tugs at my heart every time and, and he will make me cry every single time. It's, I've uh, heard that. I've, I've heard the moments where you've gotten choked up on the podcast when he comes up. And I, I definitely picked up on that. But that actually really drew me in to to the podcast. And, you know, I get that you might not feel like you're a natural storyteller, but infusing that real emotion, I think it tells so much more than words sometimes. So I think that's and not that you planned it and it's not scripted. It's it's real. It's so effective. Well, these are I mean, these this isn't just a story and I hate to put it that way, but these are people and unfortunately yeah. are victims of a horrible crime. You know, um, we've come to the realization that it's very unlikely that Tiffany is still with us. So we are likely in a recovery situation. And I'm not sure if you yourself listened to our cadaver dog story um, or the episode about the cadaver dogs, but we are waiting for police to actually search an area where the dogs indicated. And nothing is harder than watching a parent learn that their child is probably gone. Yeah. And uh, you have to stay strong and try to separate yourself a little bit or it starts to consume you. But it also develops passion, you know, and compassion. And that uh, that's what will drive me through these cases. Um, I said this morning that it's very likely that the um, county where these cases are taking place are going to dislike me very quickly. But I'm not going to give up because the victim needs a voice. Wow, I, I commend you. And you actually have a huge job because not only are you trying to solve this case and, and bring some closure to the, the victim's families, but in order to maximize that awareness, then you have sort of the nuts and bolts that all of us podcasters have, you know, trying to raise awareness of your actual podcast. Have you, have you found any strategies that have been working for you in terms of promoting the show? Um, other than social media, we have a pretty active group on Facebook. Um, I try my best to work it into Twitter, but Twitter is not my forte, but I'm trying. Other than that, uh, we have a lot of local listeners simply because this is a local story. And every day I am bombarded with information as well as requests and um, 
so locally it's word of mouth. And I think that the more that that grows, I think the distance per se learn uh, listeners will see that the uh, foundation is getting bigger and there must be something to this. Um, but we do have a lot of support from Canada and Australia, and uh, we have some great people who have reached out to us to give us encouragement. So I'm, I'm grateful for that. Yeah, that's that's terrific. And I, I heard you mention on the show that you have a, and I saw that you have a crowdfunding campaign, and you mentioned during the show some expenses that you have that maybe a typical podcaster might not have. You mentioned the $50 in gas that you spend, you know, traveling to investigate these cases. And so I was wondering a, a couple of things. One, how is the crowdfunding going? And two, what sort of expenses do you have with a podcast like this? Well, the expenses are basically travel expenses. Uh, when we had the cadaver dog handler come down. Uh, she lives probably about 200 miles away from us. And so that was quite an expense out of her pocket that, you know, for her coming down, but we promised that we would reimburse her. And uh, that has been taken care of. But the rest of it is basically traveling expenses back and forth. I am not in a position where I can leave overnight. So um, you know, I have to go and come back every day uh, in, in our vehicle. And the, the area, you have to understand that the county is a rural community. It's an agricultural community. So some of these places are 10, 15 miles out of town in any given direction. Um, you know, so it, fuel can, can get up there, you know, um, other than normal podcasting, you know, the server and the website and whatnot. Um, it's, it's a matter of each case will be different. Um, but we were hoping that we could find a diver who would be willing to go into these ponds and these ponds are horrific. You know, they're covered in moss and muck and reeds. Um, and I don't know why they haven't, uh, been, it have not dove them yet. But we've tried to find cheaper alternative ways, such as like hiring a plumber who has a plumber's camera that they can go into the water, into the pipes, et cetera, and look in there. Um, so obviously, without the generosity of somebody who's willing to donate their time and equipment, um, we would have to hire somebody. Wow. So... It sounds to me like you spend a lot of time on this podcast. Do you have any, <gasps> do you track your hours? Like, just give me a, a ballpark. How much time do you spend a week between recording, editing, investigating, the whole shebang? Well, that's, uh, let's do the math. Okay. okay. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> I sleep for about six to seven hours. Okay, okay. I work a daily job of an eight-hour shift, although that is a story in itself because sometimes I can cheat and do some homework, per se, at work. I won't tell. <laughs> the remainder of the day, and I'm not joking, is spent on researching, handling caseload, taking phone calls, sometimes multitasking, you know, doing the dishes while talking on the phone. Um, I... And of course, that that is considering both uh, series, the episode series, our regular weekly episodes, as well as our investigation series. Weekly, it's well over another full-time job. Whoa. 
And that is that's for both of us because Mike and I are working simultaneously. You know, while he is editing one podcast, I'm researching for the next one. And as soon as he's done editing, you know, we are recording for the other episode and uh and and that it just becomes a vicious cycle but you know what i love every second of it and i'm not going to stop there are too many people who need my help yeah and i bet they're so glad that you're out there doing this i'm so like i've got goosebumps just hearing you but you actually haven't been doing this that long i'm just Mm -mm. curious how much has your life changed like BP well, before podcast, AP after podcast has got to be so drastically different. Well, I have to tell you what happened the other day, just real quick. Okay. I got out of the shower. I had a towel on my head, and Mike is yelling at me that someone was texting me about our investigative case. Uh, I took the towel off my head and didn't even get to brush my hair out before I was in so involved in the texting and the story that this person is telling me that I didn't dry my hair. And so it dried really weird. I mean, I was like Medusa, you know, right. and uh, thankfully it was on a weekend, so I didn't have to rush out the door. But uh, that has become my life. You know, I need somebody to come do my dishes. <laughs> it's getting that bad. But yeah, again, I like love it. it. I'm so glad you do. But I can I can see it only getting a little more crazy. How do you, this is not a typical question I ask podcasters, but I think I need to ask it of you. What do you do for self-care? Because this is, I know you love it and you're doing such good work, but you're also dealing with like the worst aspects of humanity and you're working two full-time jobs, which is exhausting, even if you love both of them. So do you do anything to take care of yourself to give yourself like some decompression time? You know, to be honest with you, uh, very little. Um, I have committed myself to go to a concert on Saturday because a friend of mine, it's a benefit concert for a friend of mine. Um, But for the most part, people who are thankful and actually, and, and they thank me for the work that I've done and the commitment and the compassion that I've shared, that right there actually re energizes me. And it's almost like an instant filling up, you know, my energy without sacrificing myself. I mean, yes, I wish that I had more time to straighten my hair. Um, I'm not sure the last time I put on makeup, and that sounds so sad, but (laughs) you know what? At this point, I don't care because... um, there's somebody else out there who knows that I'm on their side, I'm listening, and I'm getting the attention uh, that folk, you know, to put towards this case. And that means more to me than taking time and going to the movies with my, my husband. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. I, I get it. And you're right. You know, even as a traditional, you know, podcast or non-investigative journalist, anytime somebody says something nice or thanks you for something that they got from your show, you're right. It's like, it just fills your cup right up and you're ready to, you know, go. And I can't imagine how it must be for you because you're making, you know, such a huge, you know, difference in people, in people's lives. So that's, that's super cool. Okay. So if you have the answer to this, do you know what recording tools you use for your show? Well, sure. Um, we use a Mac. 
Um, Mike uses GarageBand to record and do his editing. And he also creates the music uh, for all of our episodes in GarageBand. Um, so we don't have, obviously, copyright issues with that. Um, and we use a Blue Yeti microphone with a pop filter. And at this point, that's all we're, we're using, but hopefully we'll be able to upgrade and do some soundproofing. Uh, that will help tremendously. So at this point, that's all we're doing. Cool. Keep it simple. Yeah. And what are you most excited about in your podcasting future? You know, Mike and I have a dream that one day we hope that this will grow enough that we can buy a travel trailer and we can travel long term and go to different states where people need our help. You know, there is a case, I've mentioned it, I'm not sure if you've listened to episodes where I've talked about it before, but there is a case in Montana that is just eating at me, and I cannot wait to get my hands on it. Um, it makes no sense, and everybody that I've talked to says that's not right. And so, you know, obviously investigating from a distance is very difficult, you know, so we'd like to hit the road. I just pictured the um, the Scooby-Doo uh, van when you were talking. You guys just need a dog and some Scooby snacks. <laughs> you know what? I have a blue nose pit bull. No that, way. It, yes, Perfect. I do. Perfect. And uh, he's kind of my mascot. He is my grounding tool, basically. He gives Aww. excellent love and uh, um, helps to ground me when I'm feeling a little overwhelmed. For sure. An animals are great for that, aren't they? Oh, yes. So great. I'm so grateful for my dog. Um, all right. Did you make any big mistakes when you first got started? Um, not so much mistakes more than just, you know, tools, learning curves. And I am really sorry if you want me to start over. My neighbor is being a brat. No, no, no. That's I, I, I heard it, but it wasn't very loud. It was very subtle. Okay. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so I'll start over that point. Um, as far as mistakes go, not so much uh, mistakes, but learning curves. Um, like Mike was having an issue trying to find the appropriate level of volume, you know, both for speaking too loud or too soft and music, that kind of stuff. Um, but... I, I don't look at mistakes as errors in the sense, but rather, you know, learning from them. So I, I don't think of it that way. So it's hard for me to answer that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I know what you're saying. And I know you came up with this concept of the sh of your podcast, and it's it's pretty unique. But did did you have any podcasts that inspired you? Uh, yes, actually. Um Sword and Scale is probably one of my favorite podcasts. I love Sword and Scale. Yes, I Mike Boudet. I listen to it. Yeah. He's an excellent entertainer. And, and I actually wrote an article for him a couple of years ago. Um, the, the thing that I have is that he is an entertainer. Mm -hmm. And whereas I am looking to have a purpose more than just entertainment, you know, um, I'm not sure how else to put that. No, you've um, stated it very plainly, and that's and I totally got that from your show very early from listening to it. I, I realized it was something different, and it's one of the reasons 
um, I was attracted to it for podcasting smarter because sometimes I think we forget as podcasters that we are media and that we can do entertaining is great. We all need escapism. We all need entertainment, but we also have that that potential to make a difference in our communities, in our world, so to speak. And I think sometimes uh, we underestimate uh, the power that we have when we talk behind a mic. So I, I was so thrilled to see you taking that investigative journalism angle. And, and when I realized that you were actually trying to solve this case yourself, I was blown away. And you know, typically when we interview podcasters, we look for podcasters that have been around a while. Um, but I was so drawn to the format and what you guys were trying to do. I just, I couldn't wait to have you on to talk to you about it. So this is super exciting. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Um, you know, there's, there is so much behind the scenes that I haven't been able to release yet. Um, not only because the, the case of Tiffany Strayling is an active investigation, but things are happening every day. And I think the biggest thing right now is that our person of interest knows what we're doing and he knows that we're getting close. And unfortunately, his family is starting to hide additional evidence and we're coming down to kind of a crunch time, you know, trying to beat the clock. And the, it's not easy on my own, you know, without the enforcement of law of, of police, you know. Um, so you have to take an active approach from an alternative way, um, you know, not a, not a legal way, but like maybe tugging on his own heartstrings, you know that mm -hmm. uh, to see that the family is hurting. Um, I hope you're being careful. It's, uh, I'm not going to lie. It's uh, a little nerve wracking. Um, you know, we've, we are going to be doing a meetup next weekend and I have security for that. Um, and we have our own protection. Um, but uh, he does have friends in the community and it's, it is a little scary, but you know, I think my passion for helping this family and uh, giving a voice to this victim overrides that, you know? Yeah, I I hear you, but I can I could see why you have security, and I'm so glad you've taken that extra step to do that. Right. All right, so we're at the point of the podcast where I have a couple of just fun questions. Uh -oh. uh, we've had a very serious discussion, so these are more lighthearted, and I didn't, uh, I never send them in advance. Um, so this is a question about choosing your fantasy podcaster if you could choose anyone living or from history to have a podcast who would you like to hear well you know i'm a very scientific based person mm -hmm. i i my whole being revolves around fact um you know, so if I could actually get, say, Darwin to make a podcast about law and theory relating to law, that would just blow my mind because of the way he analyzes um, the deeper aspects of uh, well, science in itself, you know, but yeah. from a from a from a legal standpoint, that is uh that would be 
my dream, I guess you could say. Excellent that would be choice. a fantasy to me. I have a feeling he'd get a lot of downloads. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I agree. Good, good analyzation. Yeah. Okay. And if there was a podcast made about your life, Rebecca, oh, what would it be called? You know, probably Organized Chaos. Organized Chaos. Excellent title for a podcast. Yeah. I love you know, it. I am often overwhelmed with information. I mean, when I say overwhelmed, I mean, I am flooded daily with new crazy information that I just couldn't even imagine on a daily basis. And uh, trying to put that into note form and organize it, you know, for, for case file and whatnot uh, can be challenging, but it's necessary. So yeah, everybody, every place has, everything has its place, I guess. Yeah. Well, I hope in your future to see some interns or some assistants to give you some help. <laughs> you know, I actually, um, I took advantage of that. Um, our Facebook group, the people are, who are local, who are family and friends in the community who uh, are interested in Tiffany Strayling's case, I've named them Tiffany's Army. And because the county is approximately 50, 60 miles away from me, if I need something right away, um, I holler out and say, will somebody go down to the courthouse and get a copy of this report for me? And they are jumping at it, and it has been excellent. So um, I have little interns out there, and oh, I'm nice. trying not I'm to sure, take it. Yeah, I'm sure your army is going to grow, too, as, as the show grows and more people become aware of it. I bet you'll have lots of help. I so appreciate your time and making us all better, smarter podcasters. I want to let everyone know that they can find True Crime and the True Crime and Mystery podcast on Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher. I'm sure there's probably any podcast player out there. You'll find it. You can also follow you on Twitter at Crime Mystery Pod. And I'd encourage people to look you up on Facebook and join the True Crime and Mystery Facebook group. I'm probably going to be joining today. And, That's great. And, yeah, and definitely um, I want people to go to the truecrimeandmysteries.com website. You have an excellent job of profiling all the cases that you cover in your um, in your podcast, both the investigation investigations and the stories behind behind them. There's photos, there's videos. You really feel like you're getting um, the whole, you know, the truth, basically, as we know it. So I'd encourage anyone to to go and check that out. And I wish you all the luck in the world with your investigations. I I will be keeping a close eye on your podcast, and I, I can't wait to get some some closure for the family. Well, thank you, Jennifer. I appreciate your feedback. All right. Well, thank you, and take care. Same to you. Thanks for joining us for Podcasting Smarter. You can check our show notes at podcast.podbean.com for links and details. Please like our podcast, leave your comments, and help us spread the word to other podcasters so we can bring you more great episodes with podcasting tips and inspiration from fellow podcasters. If you want to connect with other podcasters or get interviewed on this podcast, please join our Podcasting Smarter Facebook group. We look forward to welcoming you to the community. Happy podcasting.